0: what is up everyone and welcome into adz sports dallas Primetime. i am your host mauricio rodriguez streaming with you live every sunday through thursday night at 8 p.m central here on dallas on demand sports talk network with a lot more content coming your way make sure that you check out adzsports.com dallas and as always remember That primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let's talk about one of the biggest notes that there was out of OTA's practice by many insiders that were actually there to watch the voluntary workouts for the Cowboys and it came on the defensive side on Thursday night we focused on offense more than anything else so we left this one pending and I didn't want to wait until later in the week because I know that it will be a huge conversation point for many people uh, so I wanted to you know make the most out of our Sunday night slot here on Primetime because I know this is something that will matter to a lot of people and that is Kelvin Joseph Second round cornerback, working out at a different position during practice. We know him as an outside cornerback. That was the hope when the Cowboys used a second round draft pick on him a couple of years ago. It was for him to play outside cornerback. But he is now working at nickel. And yes, he does provide value on special teams. But it does go to show that the Cowboys want to try something different with them, maybe because they feel like they have seen enough and figured out enough about him on that side of the football, right? Uh, Not on that side of the football, excuse me, on that particular position on the outside. So I will start off by saying and asking, is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal that Kelvin Joseph is working out at a different position still cornerback but there's a huge difference between nickelback and outside cornerback and I would look at it as two different positions so let me know in the chat is it a big deal small deal or no deal and in the meantime let me say hi starting off by Mr. Eddie Logan who is now an official member of the show I appreciate it we appreciate it here at ADC Sports Dallas thank you for supporting the show in this way. Thank you, Eddie. And welcome. Welcome. Shout out to Gregory. Shout out to Eric. We also have uh, Katharina over at Facebook. We've got Toxic Tom rocking the amazing picture, in my opinion. Amazing profile picture. Double R says, happy birthday, Mo. Thank you, Double R. I appreciate it. Bruce got the toxic use. Mitru says, he'll be better at safety. Gregory says, small deal. Small deal for Katharina. Toxic Tom says, I view it as a last ditch chance to save his pathetic career. Toxic Tom is bringing it, uh, bringing it with that comment. Bruce says, big deal. It's his last resort. And I would tend to agree. I think it is a big deal because I also believe that it speaks volumes about where the coaching staff believes that Kelvin Joseph is at right now. And, you know, circling back to my way too early 53-man roster projection that we had here on the show right after the NFL draft, you know, our immediate reaction to the draft and I put to, put out my 53-man roster projection. I had Kelvin Joseph in it while, and it was one of the decisions that I felt the least comfortable with and we talked about here on the show, but I left Eric Scott Jr., Sixth round guy that they traded up for in the draft out. I also left Nashon Wright out, and I had Kelvin Joseph in there with Jordan Lewis. Now more on that later because I think that's the fun position that he is set up by this news about Kelvin Joseph changing positions. We'll get to that in a moment here, but let's talk about. Let's focus on Joseph first. If you're not looking at outside cornerback. Right now, and the Cowboys are probably not looking that much into it since they're having him play at nickel. Maybe they feel like they have seen enough of him outside. Maybe it has, he has very slim chances of making it over guys like Eric Scott Jr. And right, if, they're, if he's not even practicing that position, if you're getting snaps at the slot position, you're battling or you're sharing the position with basically two guys. One is De'Ron Bland, who is the expected starter for the team in 2023. And he earned it with a very, very strong season in 2022 as a rookie. He surprised us, late ground late draft pick. Jordan Lewis went down, Bland entered, and then he just played lights out. The Cowboys at one point asked him to move outside. He did. He will likely be back at nickel, though, when the season starts, especially since the Cowboys traded for Stephon Gilmore. And you would assume Gilmore and Diggs are going to be on the outside and then Bland on the inside. Kelvin Joseph is not bidding Bland. We know that. You know that. Essentially, he has to beat Jordan Lewis, in my opinion, to make it as a backup nickel cornerback. Here's kind of like where it gets fun, in my opinion, and this is where I will tie it into Jordan Lewis, he has not been practicing yet, or at least he didn't practice during Thursday's session, which was open to the media. Jordan Lewis, you guys know this, he suffered a foot injury last season. He should be back at some point this year. We just don't maybe know exactly when that is. At least, we, I don't think that we have seen any sort of, you know, accurate uh, accurate reports on this. But There is a battle there, in my opinion, because if you are Kelvin Joseph, the one thing that you have done, or at least recently, is you have contributed to special teams. And we saw him make an impact in more than one play on special teams. So he does have that. That is something that Jordan Lewis does not, or at least has not done in recent memory. Now, he was a starter in recent memory. So maybe that does change at one point. But I don't think that Lewis has played special teams since 2019. He didn't do it in 2022, 2021, or 2020. Uh, 2019, I believe that he had some, some snaps at special teams. Kelvin Joseph does contribute there. But you also, if you're putting together a roster, which is limited by 53 men only, you're not likely to carry two specialist cornerbacks, right? Like the Cowboys are not going to carry CJ Goodwin who doesn't contribute to special teams. And then on top of that, Kelvin Joseph who also isn't a backup cornerback. I would be surprised if they put together a roster that way. Even more so if you're also looking at carrying somebody like Cavonte Turpin as a return specialist and not much more. That could change. You know, uh, Patrick Walker did tweet out that he got a lot of reps in practice on the offensive side of things. So my whole point here is, we've got Kelvin Joseph taken out of the outside group of guys, who you can obviously talk about the starters being Joe. Uh, excuse me, Diggs and Gilmore, and then apparently, apparently uh, Eric Scott Jr. You know, Nishan Wright, and I. Just to be safe, I'm gonna open up the. The roster that I use on, on my Google cheats files, <laughs> just because I have it set up, numbers uh, for each position, I have it set up like color-coded for myself. Players that I believe are going to have to battle for their spots. So yeah, you have Joseph, you have Scott Jr., Gright. It kind of gets difficult to carry three guys that you see as nickels when the safeties are also playing that big nickel role. Jaron Kears is playing a lot on the inside. You would imagine that will continue to be the case as the Cowboys try to get three safeties on the field with Dan Queen's scheme. So right now, I just do not think that Kelvin Joseph's uh, chances of making the team are exactly, you know, promising. Now, my question from me to you in the chat is the following, though. Who do you think wins this particular battle if it is indeed a battle between the two of them? Kelvin Joseph or Jordan Lewis? Who do you think wins it when it is all said and done? Let me know in the chat. While you do that, let me tell you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net, and then I will give you my answer as well. Freeman Mazda, a family owned business that has been so for over 65 years. You can check out their cars over at their dealership in Irving, Texas, or you can browse through their wide range of new and used vehicles at FreemanMazda.net. In there, you can see pictures of the outside and inside of every vehicle. You can go through the features of every car, and as we do around this time here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime every single week, yes, it is time to talk about the ride of the week. In this case, it is the 2023 Mazda MX-5 Miata Grand Touring. It starts at 34 grand, $385. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, a manual transmission, convertible roof, premium audio, blind spot monitor, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 34 when you are on the highway. So make sure that you check out freemanmazda.net and the ride of the week. So who do you think, if it comes down to this two, who do you think makes a team over the other? Let's see what you've got to say in the chat. Michael H. says, in a passing game, in a passing league, excuse me, cornerback number four will get a ton of snaps. Count on it. What up, Moses Gilbert? Jose says, Lewis, because he was a starter. Bruce got the toxic use, says, Lewis wins. Katharina also goes with Lewis. Toxic Tom says, roster battle, Lewis, rap battle, still Lewis. Oh, <laughs> hey, I did not see that change up coming. <laughs> that was a good one. Jerma says Jordan Lewis. Kelvin Joseph for Gregory. I don't even know what my dog is hitting, man, right now. Over there in the the backstage of the studio. (laughs) Lance says, I think that J. Lou wins, but Kelvin Joseph can make a case during training camp. And I would agree. I would agree with what Lance says. Now, I'm going to give you my answer, though. I think that Jordan Lewis wins. And... I agree with what Michael H. just said in the chat, too. I want my fourth cornerback to give me some, you know, security about his defensive skills. I know that special teams matter. I know that, and I do want some dogs on special teams. But I do agree that the Cowboys better prioritize having a very solid number four. Now, since you're playing two outside cornerbacks, right, and you have options at nickel, you know that if, say, and knock on wood, Gilmore goes down or Trevon Diggs goes down, Bland has kind of shown you that even if it would be a downgrade for from those two, he can play on the outside. So you can feel comfortable moving Bland to the outside and then uh entering jordan lewis to the equation back at nickel where he has been a starter for multiple years even though right now it would appear he's about to take a a backseat when it comes to the starting formation yes i would give the edge to jordan lewis that being said though uh it, it does become a question that i would have whether or not lewis finds a way to contribute on special teams Now that he would appear or he would be projected to be relegated to a backup role. Right? Michael H is unfair question. Lewis is a nickel specialist, hands down. Bland can rest on his laurels. Lewis will be nipping at his his heels. Now, I will say this, Michael. I do think that as I just said, that there is some... Even though I think that they are different positions, I think that since Bland for example, has shown you that he can play outside and inside. You do kind of have to consider that you can push him out outside and then insert Jordan Lewis as your nickelback. And to me, that makes it kind of like the same conversation, even if it's being a specialist at one place for Lewis. I think that part is fair, in my opinion. Now, we touched on this very briefly, I think last week, when we said, bro, is J. going to make things interesting versus J. Ron Bland this offseason? Right now, everyone will say no, or at least 99% of the fans will say no. And I think it's fair. That's what Bland earned himself after a very solid rookie season. But let's wait until training camp so we can say it confidently. I do think people have underrated what Jordan Lewis has meant to the defense for a long, long time. It is one of the toughest positions in football today. Uh, You know, being a nickel cornerback, not easy at all. Because now, slot receivers, it's not like it's still Wes Welkers out there on the playing field. NFL teams are putting their number one guys in the slot every single week, whether it's Devontae Adams. Whether it's C D Lamp, whether it's Justin Jefferson, these guys, these number ones, even if they are, you know, X receiver body types or smallish receivers, they're playing in the slot a lot of the time. And if you are a nickelback, you also need to contribute a little bit versus the running game because you're gonna be near the box, you're gonna be inserted into the run fits, you're gonna have to do that, and then you're also gonna have to carry the vertical from the number two receiver or or the slot receiver. It's not an easy job. So I do agree that if you asked me, if you asked me um, from one to 10, how safe is Bland's starting role? I wouldn't say 10. I wouldn't say nine. I probably wouldn't say eight, right? I do think it could get interesting, but right now, yes, I would project... De'Aaron Bland as the starter. So that would give you kind of like this quick breakdown for the cornerback rule uh, room. You would have Trevon Diggs, Gilmore, and probably somebody between Eric Scott Jr. or Nashawn Wright as your outside guys or your outside specialists, let's call them. And then on the inside, you would have Bland and either Jordan Lewis or Kelvin Joseph, in my opinion. In a world in which I think it is very likely for the Cowboys To carry just five cornerbacks on the 53-man roster provided they go long at safety which I think they would go long at safety because of how important they are on Dan Queen's defense with this big nickel big nickel defensive looks that the Cowboys have have shown us constantly right because you you would have a safety. And this is just from my way too early projection. I'll say it again. Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, Jaron Kears. Those are your starting three. And to give you an idea as to how many times they are on the field together, they those three were among your top five defenders in snap counts last year. So other than Micah and Trayvon Dix, Kears, Wilson, and Hooker, we're all in the top five of the Cowboys' defensive snaps. So I would guess that they're going to go 5-5 five and five on the defensive backfield. And right now, I would probably go for the five cornerbacks, Diggs, Gilmore, Bland, Lewis, and I'm going to say Eric Scott Jr., just because of how, many, how much money they paid him. They, they paid him a lot of money, man, to, to be there so yeah i'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with sort of that makeup right now, and they traded up for him, so they they gave up draft capital as well. Lance Bell says, this defense is crazy athletic, and that is very fun about this group of guys like they are pretty versatile. We're talking about Bland and Lewis has the Nickelbacks and Kelvin Joseph, obviously that's what the show is about him trying out his kills there but also take into account that Kears can play nickelback. And if push comes to shove, do the Cowboys just trust Easy Mukwamu with playing nickelback again and having him be essentially the backup nickel cornerback? Heck, could we see a world in in which both Lewis and Joseph are out? (laughs) I'm getting crazy here. Don't worry, I'm not going to predict that. But I'm saying, yeah, the Cowboys have a lot of flexibility on the defensive backfield. And it's one of the best groups that we've seen in years. I mean, going back to last year, even, because last year it was also a very good group. But if you look at it, you know, with a little bit more patience, just the mere presence of Stefan Gilmore in there makes this unit insanely better just because you're, you're not worried. You're not worried about that outside role. Uh, otherwise, we would potentially be talking, you know, there could have been a signing, a draft pick, whatever. But you might have been looking at this group of defenders and thinking whether you want Kelvin Joseph on the inside and outside of your starting lineup or whether you are changing Mukwamu from one position to another full time just to get a starting lineup. But Gilmore has made it much more easy, man, much more easy. Michael says, forgot about easy. He will get one of those spots, flex position alone. Oh, yeah. Easy, I, I would look at easy as a roster lock. No question about it. I just wonder about where, where he's going to play. And I don't, I wouldn't pencil him in as a starter, even though I love easy. But he's a guy that that might be one injury away from playing. And I am very, very excited about that. Very excited about that. Love how he plays. Love love the versatility that he brings to the table. Plus, former ADC Sports Dallas primetime guest. We should try to get him on once more. Now that that, uh, he's on everyone's radar as this player that we just want to see get on the field as soon as possible. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Mary says, put Bland outside and put J. Lou back where he was, says Mary. But wait, then what are we doing with Stefan Gilmore, though? And, and Trevon Diggs. If I put Bland outside, I'm thinking one of the two best cornerbacks, outside cornerbacks on the team, is on the bench. Because I do think that Trevon Diggs and Stefan Gilmore are the best outside corners on this team. So, although. I do think that J. Lou has what it takes to still play as a very good nickel cornerback in the NFL. I wonder if my best lineup is Bland at nickel, though, instead of Lewis. Uh, I think that's the project starting defense for you. Diggs, Gilmore on the outside, Bland on the inside. Shout out to Campbell. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you for joining the show. Eric says, who is your sleeper, sleeper, excuse me, undrafted free agent you think could make this roster? Mine is Jalen Moreno, Cropper, wide receiver. I know that JMC is kind of like everyone's favorite right now. I think that Hunter Lipke is making the team. And I wonder about Earl Bostic, just based on the guaranteed money that they threw his way. He was the most expensive UDFA for the Cowboys. Long, athletic, offensive tackle out of Kansas. Very, very explosive, very athletic. So I think Lipke and Hunter Lipke, the fullback, and Earl Bostic are the guys that I would be looking at very closely. I have Hunter Lipke in my 53-man roster projection. That might be a little bit optimistic, but yeah. Dixon and Gilly, bland outside. What, says Michael H.? Yeah no no I don't see I don't see I agree with Michael I would I would put Diggs and Gilly on the on the outside and then Bland on the inside. Mary says I mean in nickel set. I I would still put, I mean nickel set would be my five defensive backs I would probably go with, with those like uh, with those three cornerbacks and the safeties. Now keep in mind. Queen's defense kind of like blurs the lines a little bit. So nickel defense, big nickel defense, it's all kind of tough sometimes to figure out. But that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun for sure. Gregory says, Mo, if KJ goes to safety, does that mean that Bell will not make the team? I wonder about Bell, man. Bell is interesting because we saw him make the team as a UDFA last year. And now I wonder, you know, I don't want to say that with Overshone being here because Overshone is obviously a linebacker for the Cowboys. But Dan Queen did say, and he confirmed it, what we already thought even pre-draft. Dan Queen said, yes, Overshone is a guy that we see as a dual role player or they evaluated him that way during the draft process. And he did say that that might be down the road So he might be a linebacker in year one, but who knows if Overshone can morph into a Jaron Kirsch type player, which is what I think the Cowboys wanted out of the Marquise Vell signing earlier. So I think Marquise Vell's roster spot is in Jeopardy. Yeah, I think that he's on the hot seat a little bit there. I think he can still fight for that spot. And, you know, it will be defined in, in training camp when it's all said and done. But uh, yeah, watch out for Marquise Bell maybe being cut at some point. I think I think it's going to be interesting. Now, you need those special teamers. You need those special teamers. So in my way too early 53-man roster projection, I had Bell in it. I don't know how things are going to play out, but he's a guy that definitely needs to earn it. Needs to earn it. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here on tonight's show... By the way, Lance says, I think that that'll be the move. Overshown is a baller, says Lance. It all depends on that. Speaking of Overshown, and moving on to the next topic before we get out of here tonight, Jaron Kears and the Cowboys might have lied to us. I mean, (laughs) they might. They might have. I don't know if you remember, but Jaron Kears was going to change jersey numbers. (laughs) He was going to become number zero, and then he walked out on Thursday's practice and the media kind of figured out, wait a minute, why is Kears waiting number 27? Now, we might have assumed, oh, maybe the jersey change is not being made official. Maybe there's some paperwork that needs to be done. Maybe there's some inventory stuff that they need to take care of first. Nope. Joseph confirmed, excuse me, Jaron Kears confirmed post-practice. And you can see that interview on the Cowboys YouTube channel that he is sticking with 27. And he quotes Logistical reasons that they were not able to work out as a reason why he's not gonna wear number zero. So gut feeling, and you can tell me yes or no. Is that because he will leave it for the Marvin Overshown? Maybe after cuts. Maybe at some point we're gonna see Overshown wear number zero. Or let me know in the chat. Do you like these? Like number zero? Because I've already seen some strong worded comments. Right there in the chat. Lance says, good. The number zero is stupid. Michael H says, number zero is whack for losers. So there you go. There's already strong feelings there. I wanted to touch on it because I thought that it was kind of funny that we, we went through the whole process of thinking that Jaren Kears was going to switch jersey numbers. And then even Micah Parsons got, in, got in, in the fun, if you guys are on Twitter. You saw that he teased everyone that, oh, he's going to be, sa- he was going to be switching. He was going to become agent zero. And then Kears told him it's too late. DallasCowboys.com published an article confirming that the move was official. Jaron Kears is number zero, they said. But no, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So some people are are speculating about the possibility of him living it alone for Overshawn, who wore number zero late in his career in college at Texas. I would kind of like to see Overshawn wear number zero just because he already was number zero. But I agree, I generally just do not really like it in a jersey number for the NFL. But if if, if Overshawn wants to wear it, I'm fine with it. John says, I like it for Overshawn. Caustic Collins is agent zero. I don't have a lot of jersey takes. But wearing number zero is something that I don't necessarily like. Most told my agent zero call-out, says Costa calling. <laughs> yeah, man, probably, probably. I am okay with over being the first to wear it, says Bruce. I think that Michael Gelkin from Dallas Morning News tweeted out that no, no uh, player in the NFL has been awarded the number. I thought that was weird because I... I If I'm not wrong, Calvin Ridley with the Jaguars was already wearing it. Not entirely sure, though. Uh, Ridley was supposed to wear it for number zero. I don't know if it's just a paperwork thing that they just got to figure out before actually switching the numbers. I know that when the NFL introduced the rule about, you know, defensive backs being able to wear one or linebackers or defensive linemen, all of that, there was kind of like this rule in which you went from like if it was if you made the change for 2021 excuse me or 2022 you had to buy out the inventory and then one year later you were able to just change it overall it was kind of weird i don't think that that still exists i think that that was kind of like a one-time thing because there were going to be so many jersey number changes gregory says double zero would be wild i wouldn't like it either not gonna lie all right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I love how we can all think about things very differently. Lance now the double zero. Lance hates the number zero. It's stupid. He digs the double zero. <laughs> I love it, man. I love your easy number talk. Anyways, that will be it for me to uh, for me though tonight on the show. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, for the show and. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk some Cowboys football. Remember that the show is every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Go is Toxic Tom. Damn it. You got to make fun of my Yankees. That's okay, though. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy sports fan right now because my Mexico pro football team is headed to Mexico Bowl number six going to be the undefeated champions in pro football in Mexico. Probably going to talk about it in my One Cool Thing segment on Tuesday. We'll see. Thank you, everyone, for joining the show. I will see you tomorrow night. And hope that you have a fantastic Sunday night. If you are into succession, enjoy the ending. I'm about to go watch it for sure. See you guys. And remember, Prime Time brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.